0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the LGBTQ Plus Let's Get Behind the Questions, the podcast. Before we start, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which this podcast is being recorded and wherever you may be listening today. Pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'd also like to pay tribute to our First Nations LGBTQ communities as well. Welcome to episode six of our fabulous podcast, I'm joined by my gorgeous co-host, Nick. Welcome back.
1: Thank you, my dear. It's lovely to be here again with you, as it is every week.
0: Oh, thank you. So last week you promised me an education in flags, so I bought my globe here and I'm ready to learn. Um,
1: No, not exactly that kind of flag, doll. It's not a geography lesson today, unfortunately. And we're going to be looking at the history of our very own rainbow pride flag and the many other flags which represent our fabulous community.
0: Oh, right. Okay, gotcha. So let's start with the rainbow flag then, shall we? Sort of around June in most countries and here in Australia, you know, between sort of late Feb and March, you'll find pride flags hanging from balconies, painted on sidewalks and even across shop fronts. Thanks, BWS, for that one. Our fabulous flag has been come to represent uh, the LGBTQ community worldwide. Um, so, Nick, let's go back and have a little bit of a look uh, when this flag was created. So before we get into the podcast today, I'd just like to warn our listeners that some of the topics we do cover in today's podcast could cause some emotion um, as we do discuss some of the more darker and um, more emotional sort of uh, periods of the LGBTQ plus history.
1: So if this episode triggers any emotion for you and you need some support or you would just like someone to talk to, please remember that Woolworths Group team members have free access to assist. And if you're in Australia, they can be contacted on 1300 360 364 or for our team members in New Zealand, you can contact them on 0800 360 364. Now, getting into our rainbow pride flag. So the rainbow pride flag came into inception in 1978.
0: Oh, is that when you were born?
1: No doubt. Maybe 10 years after that. I told you my age is a sensitive topic.
0: I know. I'm just trying to stir.
1: I know. Stop stirring the pots. So when it was created, it was created by a San Francisco-based queer artist called Gilbert Baker for a mere $1,000. Is that all? Very cheap, very cheap.
0: I would have have invoiced a lot more than that.
1: (laughs) So Baker was a self-described geeky kid from Kansas, and he relocated to San Francisco as an army draftee in 1970. Um, And he served in the military, and after an honourable discharge, he decided to remain in the City by the Bay, a.k.a. San Fran, to pursue a design career, which really is on the opposite spectrum of a military career now, isn't it? Mm
0: -hmm. But I must say, I do love a man in uniform, so it's the box for me. Um, But anyway, um, Nick, did you know that Gilbert Baker, who um, died in 2017, never actually became rich from his design during his life? mm yeah, according to a close friend, and as I mentioned before, um, you know, I would have definitely invoiced a lot more, probably uh, about one hundred twenty nine thousand five hundred ninety nine. The uh, on the top of a Range Rover. Um, anyway, um, I I uh, was wondering why he didn't become rich. So I did a bit of digging into this, and a close friend of his, um, said that he purposefully never copyrighted the flag because he wanted it to be owned by everyone. Isn't that nice? Smart man. It's a beautiful symbol of just what this flag means, I think. Um, so, Nick, I'm curious, before the rainbow flag existed, because you did mention it was sort of, um, I guess, invented in 1978, what was the symbol that the LGBTQ plus community used um, before then?
1: Yes, good question. So. As we mentioned, the rainbow flag came to be in 1978. So before it was officially designed, LGBTQ people around the world um, used to use a pink upside down triangle as their their symbol. Um, And it's interesting because the origin of this pink triangle though comes from a sad place and really was born from a dark period in our our, our own community's history.
0: Yeah, so it goes all the way back to the early 1930s. Um, So this is when the Nazis first came into power. You may be familiar that the Nazis used to um, force Jewish people to wear a star of David, a yellow star of David, um, on their uniforms and on their their arms. Um, Now, they actually forced people who they labelled as gay to wear inverted pink triangles, and that was their label. Um, So between the years of 1933 and 1945, it's estimated that about 100,000 men were arrested for crimes related to their sexuality. Um, now, when we look at concentration camps, which were already awful places to begin with, Nick, um, homosexuals were actually considered to be the lowest of the low in that hierarchy. So that's really sad. and they were treated awful. Um, So it's sort of, um, you know, estimates vary widely as to the number of gay men that were imprisoned, but they said that up to about 15,000 men would have died in those concentration camps.
1: Yeah, it's just terrible. And um, so that's the pink upside down triangle, but did you also know that a black upside down triangle was used also within the concentration camps to symbolise people that they labelled as lesbians and people with disabilities? So, you know, the whole situation itself, it's just horrible when I think about it. Um, But I think what's very interesting is the history behind that and the power behind, you know, how that symbol has been reclaimed by the LGBTQ plus community, um, specifically prior to the creation of the Rainbow Pride flag. And um, those symbols of the upside-down pink triangle and the upside-down black triangle um, were often seen, you know, throughout the 70s and the 80s, particularly before the the flag came to be. Mm. Um, And it's interesting, though, because, you know, a symbol like that, taken from such a terrible point in history, and then turning it around to be a symbol of acceptance and empowerment, and that seems to be a, a bit of a common theme when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community. Um, just like we discussed the other week with Chris about the word queer, um, about how that has also been reclaimed as a um, you know as a as a word of um, our own for our community and the empowerment behind using that word. Um, so Nick. Let's go into a bit more detail about the the rainbow flag. Um, I want to hear a little bit from you about our first version of our rainbow pride flag and how it's evolved since its inception.
0: Yeah, so the first um, pride flag actually had eight stripes, so eight different colours, and it was debuted at the San Francisco Gay Freedom Day Parade back in uh, 1978. Um, So the one we currently use today has six colours. Um, So there was two colours that didn't quite make the cut. Um, And I'm a bit sad because they're my two favourite colours, Nick.
1: What colour are they?
0: So the original one had pink and turquoise added and they were removed.
1: Why? Tell me more.
0: Because apparently in the world of flag building, of which I am no expert, um, (laughs) apparently um, turquoise and pink are quite hard to source as colours. Mm. And actually, quite expensive to use when production, um, you know, when we're looking at production purposes. So they were just cut. So now we only have six for um, six different colors.
1: Well, it's very practical and pragmatic, isn't it? Cutting them because they were too expensive and hard to source. So well, they
0: clearly didn't know that they were my two favorite colors. So I might have to write a letter to the San Francisco Gay Pride Flag Committee.
1: So with those two colours cut, that leaves us with six colours that we've got on our rainbow pride flag. So what are the six colours then and what do they mean?
0: Yeah, so um, I guess going back to uh, the upside down triangle, um, they wanted a a sort of flag that was really positive um, and spoke to um, the optimism of the community. So there are six colours. They all symbolise something different. So red symbolises life, orange is all about healing, Yellow is sunlight, green symbolises nature, blue symbolises harmony and peace, and purple or violet symbolises our spirit. So just beautiful meanings behind each of those colours.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Lots of meaning there.
0: Yeah, I think Um, each colour had a meaning. I just thought it was like random colours thrown onto a flag. But yeah, now I know there's meanings behind each colour.
1: Now you're educated, my friend. I am.
0: I'm super educated on that now.
1: Thanks for that. So this year I've seen, though, that there's a, a evolved version of the Rainbow Pride flag. And yeah. so this version that I've seen is a slightly different. It's kind of a- amplified or evolved, if you will, of the original six-colour flag. Um, and if I just try and explain it to our listeners, um, on the left-hand side of the flag there's sort of a sideways triangle um, which includes the colours black, brown, white, light pink and light blue. So what about this evolved version of the flag, Nick? What does, what does this, the new colours included represent?
0: Yeah, look, I stumbled across this flag um, earlier this year when I was doing an online shopping order on Boohoo for my uh, yearly Pride uh, T-shirt selection. Getting um, ready for
1: Mardi Gras.
0: Absolutely. And if anyone um, wants cheap Pride stuff, um, Boohoo has a great selection, not sponsored um, by Boohoo at all, um, but a uh, great selection there and quite cheap.
1: Anyway. Use code Nick for 40% off. That's yeah. N-I-C-K for 40% off.
0: Give it a go. See if it works. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so when I got my stuff um, delivered, I looked at the, the tag. Each sort of um, garment has a tag at the bottom with the where the rainbow flag used to be. And it had this sort of different flag on there. I was like, oh, it's got the rainbow flag, but it had the, uh, the brown, the black, and the blue, the pink, and the white. So I was like, oh, what is that? So I did a bit of research. Um, now, the new Evolve Pride flag um, has been designed by a Portland-based designer. And it was created only in 2018, which is why I probably only saw it last year for the first time. Um, so I'll go through what each of the new colors mean. So the black and the brown, they symbolise um, and represent people of colour. And the white, the light pink and the light blue represent our transgender community. Um, so this has all come come from um, having greater representation of the most marginalised in our community, Nick.
1: Mm, beautiful. That makes sense. And I think it's, um, you know, the evolved version is, very representative of a modern lgbtq plus community in today's world well yeah. as we
0: say we're like a fine wine we get better with age and we just keep evolving so we, we are
1: we are like a fine wine that Cardinale
0: does. oh yeah. well, i was gonna say shiraz but whatever
1: <laughs> <laughs> me you know me i'm a champagne kind of gal
0: you are you love your champagne
1: um, so we also have many other flags too, right? So it's not just the rainbow flag that is a part of our community. We've got other flags in our community too. And I, I always sort of wondered, like, why do we have so many flags? But when you think about, as we've explained, you know, at the beginning, the symbolism of a flag, it really makes sense because flags are representative of a tribe or a group of people. And the LGBTQ plus community is made up of lots of different tribes and lots of different groups of people. So therefore, it makes sense around why we've got so many flags. Um, and if we look at the kind of the course of history over time, it seems that a lot of these specific flags came into being or came into, you know, were conceptualized around the late 90s to early 2000s.
0: Yeah, so um, I probably was on the same sort of um, thought process as you. I was like, why do we have so many? Why can't we just have the one rainbow flag? Um, but then I sort of did a bit of research um, and looked at the meaning behind each of the flags, and they're really, really deep in symbolism um, and meaning. Um, so I guess just to point out, they don't usually don't just fly the flag alone. They usually flown with the rainbow flag, um, so they sort of complement each other, I guess. Um, but the, each individual community does have their own um, sort of, um, I guess, identity, um, and they have their own flag. So what we're going to do is we'll go through the gay alphabet, Nick, and we'll have a look at each flag. So let's start with L. What does that flag look like? So what does the lesbian flag look like?
1: Yes, let's start with L. So there are a few different versions of the lesbian flag. But the most commonly known or commonly accepted ones today are striped ones that are made up of shades of red, pink, white and orange. Um, And the first version of this type of flag was seen in around 2010, actually. So not that long ago, really. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to this, though, there was the very first lesbian flag and that was introduced in 1999 um, and it looked completely different to what we know as today's current or modern-day lesbian flag.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that flag is called the labrus flag. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Like Great question. A labras, or is, it, is a double-headed axe um, which was a symbol that was used on this very first lesbian flag. So the first lesbian flag was a purple flag with the black upside-down triangle like we spoke about earlier representing, you know, the lesbian community, that reclaimed symbol, um, and it had a, the double-headed axe in the middle, the labrys, and that was white. So the colours were purple, black, and white. So that was the very first lesbian flag in 1999. Mm. So tell us, Nick, what about the next letter in the alphabet, G?
0: Yeah, so there actually, I didn't know this, but there actually is an unofficial gay flag um, and it's very similar to the lesbian one. So it's um, it's the same sort of order, I guess, but instead of using shades of red, um, it uses shades of blue, teal and white. Um, however, um, the most commonly used flag for the gay community is the rainbow flag. Um, so that's the one that we sort of really do hold, um, you know, near and dear to us and we we stand behind um as our symbol um but yeah there is an unofficial one i didn't know about
1: Hmm. so on to the next one in the alphabet b so obviously going to be my favorite flag here obviously have a bias towards it in case our listeners haven't worked it out yet i've only said it a thousand times i identify as a bi woman so therefore this is obviously going to be my favorite flag um and the bi pride flag was made in 1998 So that is uh, before the lesbian flag was created Um, or the first version of the lesbian flag was created. Um, And the bi pride flag was made by Michael Page to represent and increase the visibility of bisexuals in the LGBTQ plus community and more so in society as a whole. And I really like the story and the symbolism in the bi Bi flag. So it's made up of three colours, the pink at the top, The lavender or purple colour in the middle and the blue at the bottom. And according to Paige, the pink colour represents sexual attraction to same-sex only, that being um, gay or lesbian. The blue at the bottom represents sexual attraction to opposite sex opposite sex only, that being straight people. Mm -hmm. And the result is the overlap in the middle. And it's interesting. It's about, you know, when you mix the two together, the pink and the blue, you get the purple, which is bi. So that represents sexual attraction to both sexes, being bi people.
0: I love that. And I think this is where we start to see the really deep sort of um, symbolism and meaning behind each flag. So um, I mentioned before the trans colours were light blue, light pink and white. Now is that the the sort of reflective on their flag, Nick? Is is their flag those colours too?
1: Yes. So that is the colours that make up the transgender community flag. Yeah. And then- transgender flag was created by a transgender woman um, named Monica Helms in 1999 so that is a year after the bi pride flag came into being
0: is it like year of the flag that year there's
1: lots there was a lot going on since that's what I mean there was a lot happening in the late 90s isn't there late 90s early
0: 2000s just had a burst of energy and said let's go and make some flags Maybe
1: they're worried about everything blowing up in Y2K, so they needed to get all their flag made. Oh, that's
0: it! You've nailed that. You've nailed (laughs) it. On the head, there, sweetheart. That's exactly what it is.
1: Oh, so back to the transgender flag. So, like you said, so you've mentioned the colors up top. So it consists of five horizontal stripes. There's two light blue, being at the top and the bottom. Then next to that is two pink stripes, and then in the middle we have a white strip. And (laughs) Sorry?
0: It's symmetrical.
1: It is symmetrical. So according to Helms, the creator of the flag, the stripes at the top and the bottom being light blue are the traditional colours for baby boys. The stripes next to them being pink are the traditional colour for baby girls. And the stripe in the middle being the white stripe are for people that are non-binary oh. and that I don't identify with a particular gender. And it's interesting because, as you said, it's kind of like the flag's quite symmetrical and the pattern's being created as such so that no matter what way you fly the flag, um, it's always correct. It always looks the right way. And that in itself is a symbolism for the transgender community because it represents them finding correctness or, you know, the, the right gender for them for in their lives.
0: Well, I love that's a really, really nice um, symbol. Um, the mm. colors are all really nice, but that I think that just tops it off. What how, that's really nice. Love it's that. a good
1: story, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Now um we mentioned the queer community is a very big community made up of lots of smaller, I guess, communities. Do they have one flag, Nick, or what?
1: Good question. So because um, you know, it is a big community made up of lots of other communities, there's not necessarily just one flag for the queer community. Um, it's made up of lots of those other communities. So for each of those communities, they rightly in their own way have their own flags. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, just amplifies why there's so many flags in our communities. Um, but one of those flags that make up the queer community is the intersex flag. And there's a very interesting fact about the intersex flag, my friend. Did you know that the intersex flag was designed and created right here in Australia?
0: we made that just like we made what else did we make Vegemite the Hills Hoy
1: it's a dream this new easier wind-up action
0: Wi-Fi all those
1: penicillin I think is it
0: are you sure not sure about that one we'll google that one to confirm but anyway we make fabulous things here in Australia, and the uh, the intersex flag is just another one of those fabulous things. Yes, it is.
1: Um, the intersex flag was created in July of two thousand and thirteen, so it's it's turning seven years old this year, and it was created by Morgan Carpenter from the Intersex Human Rights Australia. It's a yellow flag, and the colour yellow for a long time now has been associated with the intersex community, and in the middle of the yellow flag is a purple circle, and the the circle is very symbolic for the intersex community, Um, and it represents, it's an unbroken and unornamented circle, and it symbolises wholeness and completeness, which is really important to those in
0: the intersex community. That's really awesome. I love that.
1: Yeah, it is, isn't it? So what are some of the other flags that come under the Q plus community, Nick, that people maybe might have seen before, not really sure of, or maybe they're familiar with, or they've heard something about?
0: Yeah. So um, one of the other um, sort of communities that fall under Q plus um, that people may know about and has become more visible through one of my favourite TV shows, um, Shits Creek, is um, pansexuality. Um, so I'm going to let David from Shits Creek tell you exactly what pansexuality is. So let's take a listen. Cue the tape. I do drink red wine, but I also drink white wine. Oh. And I've been known to sample the occasional rosé. And a couple summers back, I tried a Merlot that used to be a Chardonnay.
1: Great explanation, couldn't right. have said it
0: myself. And I, I, lo- I love when he uh, compares it to wine because I, I instantly get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah,
1: we're, we're fine wine. Remember?
0: Absolutely, and I love wine. Um, I love any alcohol. Uh, I'll say that. But anyway, I'm at work. <laughs> so I'm not allowed to love it right now. Um, so um, the pansexual flag um, has three horizontal stripes. So it's pink, yellow, and blue. And um, according to most definitions, the pink represents people who are female. Um, The blue represents people who are male, and the yellow represents non-binary attraction. So I just thought that was a really, really nice flag as well, and and another really interesting one. But um, there are heaps more, um, and as we mentioned in previous episodes, our community is really, really big and really diverse. Um, So there are heaps of flags and heaps of, uh, you know, sub-communities as well.
1: Okay, there's a lot of flags, Nick. I may be feeling a little bit overwhelmed at this point. How am I ever going to remember all of these beautiful coloured flags?
0: Yeah, you and me both, sister. Anyway, you can listen to this podcast over and over and over and over and over and over over again, and that will help you um, with the information and let it sink in. But if you do get sick of my monotone voice, um, I have built uh, something a little bit visual that might be able to help you with your flag journey and your 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 journey in this space. So it's a little cute PDF infographic thingy um, that I have built and I've linked it right up top there in the description for you.
1: Oh, we love visuals and we love some good training materials and resources too. So thank you so much, Nick, for making that for us and our community. Um, and let's make sure that we also put that on our proud website as well so people can reference that in the future or share it with their teams. So this is a shout-out and a little bit of a hint-hint to our friend, uh, Mr. Matthew Edwards. Um, if you could please take care of that for us, it would be greatly appreciated.
0: So, Nick, can you please tell me who's coming on our show next week? Uh, do we have a guest? Are we flying solo again? What are we talking about? Uh, there's so many questions. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. I must know, please. You know me.
1: Well, we are reverting back to our regularly scheduled programming. Of right. having
0: am, I, am I not enough to, to secure viewers and ratings?
1: No, you're not enough for me, my friend. No, that's right.
0: <laughs> really hurtful, really hurtful. Anyway, um, because you want a guest because you don't can't deal with me one-on-one, on one, who are we having on?
1: Sometimes we, need, we all need breaks and holidays, you know. Yeah. Anyway, next week. We are having on the fabulous Lisa Molden from our oh, Endeavor. I love love
0: her. Yeah,
1: we love Lisa. Um, and Lisa is going to be joining us to get behind the question: what is the difference between gender and sexuality? Ooh. Which I think, you know, we've already started to discuss this topic and we've sort of explored, you know, within our LGBTQ plus community that we are made up of groups of people with um sexual diverse sexualities diverse genders and diverse sex characteristics so we're going to dive a little bit deeper and really understand what that means and with the three of us on the podcast we're going to be talking about this from the perspective of three people who have diverse sexualities and in the future we're also going to have people join us in the podcast to talk about it from a different perspective from um, diverse gender experiences as well so Lisa's going to introduce us to this amazing resource next week called the genderbread person. Have you heard okay. of it before?
0: I have I love I love gingerbread, yeah.
1: No, no, no. Genderbread.
0: What's a genderbread? What I haven't I haven't tasted that before.
1: Okay, well, you need to do your homework for next week to make sure mm-hmm. we're prepped and ready because we're going to be discussing the genderbread person. We're going to help everybody understand bread this. Bread bread. Bread.
0: It's not a pastry, it's a person.
1: Yeah, not a pastry, it's a
0: person. Yeah.
1: We're gonna talk about the genderbred person next week to help us unpack the concept and the difference between gender and
0: sexuality. Okay, nice. So it's a it's a bit of a, a pun they've they've built there, yeah.
1: A pun, if you will, yes, it's very
0: punny. Nice. Okay. Well, Lisa is amazing, more amazing than you. And oh, I said that out <laughs> loud. <long. laughs> anyway, no, no, just just joking. Just joking. Don't, please don't. Me. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> anyway, I can't wait to have her on. She is a hoot and a half, and there'll be lots of fun, lots of laughs and lots of knowledge to absorb when Lisa drops by next week. So make sure you tune in guys. Make sure you, you dial your radio into uh, this fabulous uh, frequency. Um, but until next time, stay safe, shine bright and be proud.
1: Goodbye, beautiful people, and we'll be with you again next week.